something about this town was just like driving me here. And it really flipped me pretty quickly when I was 18, I think in like a full 180. That was 111 Mena owner Michelle Delaney. Welcome to Storied San Francisco. I'm your host, Jeff Hunt. All throughout September, we focused on small business owners. Some were revisits with past guests, and some were new to the show, like this episode. We'll meet Michelle and her business partner, Alex Kivelstedt. Both will talk about their lives leading up to their buying 111 Mena from the previous owner. Here's Michelle, followed by Alex. So my life story started far, far, far away from Minna, and not just the physical being of Minna, but also the idea of Minna. I was raised in uh, St. George, Utah, which is a small town, southern Utah, and I was raised Mormon. So when you're raised Mormon, you don't have idols. You don't look at, you know, golden gods. You don't look at anything. Mm-hmm. Everything that you read, you have to, like, think about and imagine. You don't have a whole lot of art, right? Um, and uh, same thing when I moved to Irvine. Same thing. Okay, everything's kind of boring. Real quickly, you said yeah. Southern Utah. Like, the beautiful, insanely f- immense part of Southern Utah? Yes, okay. like Zion. Yes. Like Bryce Canyon, Snows Canyon. Basically, I was playing in red dirt, breathing that in. Hopefully, that did something good for me. We probably shouldn't talk about it too much because I'm just going to die of envy. <laughs> I just, I've, I, I've been a couple times, and I love that part of the world. Uh, it so. was very, very cool. It was very, very cool. And again, I guess back to the, uh, you know, when you have that around, it's, it's beautiful. But when you're um, kind of in a place that doesn't have an art, you do have to use your imagination a lot, right? right? right. Um, and come up with things. And then you move on to Irvine. Which, you know, is, a, I think, a lot less beautiful than southern Utah, right? It's just, just a lot a of houses. Bit. Just a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Uh, very safe, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's why my father moved me there, because I think he uh, Googled. Oh, there's no Google then. <laughs> he had heard that it was, like, the safest place in the planet. Right. And so, you know, why not go there? Did you have siblings, or do you have siblings? I do. I do. I have a brother and two sisters. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I didn't meet my sisters till. I was 11 when I met my dad. Oh, wow. Anyway, coming from St. George. Okay. So then you get into Irvine. Still go to the church. Same thing. You got some few pictures of Jesus, mm-hmm. but that's about it. And not a whole lot of art or culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most art and culture that I saw down there was maybe Laguna Beach, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, they had the, the Wayland exhibits, right? He did a lot of dolphins, a lot of whales. Right. He was beautiful. It was awesome. Right, right, right. But that was kind of, you know, about it to my extent of like an art cultural experience. Did you know about the creative world? Like, did you have an, uh, an attraction to it? Or, or is it now like looking in hindsight, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, I really liked my ceramic class. <laughs> I did have a ceramic yeah. class. I was particularly good at tracing. Like, like if I looked at something and drawing it, I could do a really good job of copying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think. I mean, I remember there was a story of Romeo and Juliet in a, in a, one of my English classes in book, but I still not, you know, there was nothing that crazy came up except for what the United States school system put in front of me right. to look at. Right, right. And that's what I was supposed to know, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I don't think it was until I got older, went to college, went to art history, 
that I was like, oh my gosh, wow. You know, this is really speaking to me and this is really helping me to understand just things I didn't know I didn't know. Right. Right. It was amazing. A world. Uh, yeah, a whole different world. So you, so your Irvine time uh, was mostly, I'm going to say, guess suburban. It was suburban. Shelter. So it was great. It was awesome. I right. had the best time ever. I had an awesome time. Life was great. I went to the beach. But I had no idea that another world existed. Okay. I mean, I really literally didn't. And I'm all, this is awesome. I just go to the beach and lay out and lay in the sun. And I'm awesome and you're awesome and we're awesome. That's a life. Great. Totally. It's a life. You could live. But it is a very sheltered, right. a very sheltered life. And I'm sure it's fine for some people, um, but it wasn't fulfilling for you. No. I was. Turns out. Definitely missing out on a lot. Okay. And where did you go to college then? So that didn't happen for a while. Ended up my brother, he was going to state and he was like, hey, why don't you guys come up here? And, and I think, I, I don't think I made this up. I think he did say we need to get you out of the orange curtain, you know, because he'd come to San Francisco and discovered this wonderful, amazing town, city. So he, he's the one you have to thank. Yes. Yes. Do you know what brought him up here? To state? Was and it? San Francisco in general? I don't know what... What in the world would make a Southern California person be like, hey, let me go up to Northern California? You know what I mean? It's just was it was a whole it different happens. world for us. I think like square pegs kind of thing. Like you get them from up here going down there and you're like, really? We have it all. Why would you leave? <laughs> but you hear those stories and then they're like, yeah. And then I camped out in wherever. I but knew they had the word hella. Right. But that was about all I knew. OK. You know, and you kind of think, OK, well, everyone there is is kind of like crunchy and granola, and that's what you think about Northern California. Right. You know? Let's then contrast that with your actual, can we hear about your first time to come up here? Or Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I came up here, I am, um, you know, totally freaked out. I was like, oh my God, this place is like crazy and dirty and... Oh, everything's not the same color. Everything's not painted the same. They let that house be pink. What are you crazy? It's everything's supposed to be brown. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's basketball courts out there. No, it's supposed to be hidden. You and know? where are the strip malls? <laughs> and where's the strip malls? Where's the chilies? I don't see an Olive Garden for miles. Well, I could tell you where there's, but that's another. <laughs> I didn't know what to eat. I was confused. Right. I right. was starving because I didn't know what to walk into. <laughs> did you come up first uh, to visit maybe your brother, or did you come up first time to to move here? Well, the first or? time me and Leslie, so my best friend Leslie, she's like we both were little like, skater skater girls together, and so um, we came up together and to kind of discover it, and we were gonna move up together, and so. The first, my brother and his girlfriend were going to Europe, and so we went to stay with this girl, Mona, at my brother's house, and we were so scared of her. We thought she was scary. We thought she was mean. We were like, oh, my God, can we please order a pizza? And she was just, she was already just so livid because apparently she had these, these Euro techno heads staying in her house that were, like, driving her nuts. And, um, and so we were like, okay, this place is just, like, scary and crazy. But also, of course, there was, then there was still something that was, like, dragging me here. I mean, I still don't understand why I just didn't go get, like, a Bev Niner house over in Huntington Beach. Right. You know, I could have had, you know, the whole, the whole experience, the whole beach right. experience that I love. But still, something about this town was just, like, driving me here. And it really flipped me 
it, pretty quickly when I was 18, I think in like a full 180. I mean, there was just things that I didn't know that I shouldn't be believing in. Hmm. I mean, I think one of the one of the the big things that actually made me kind of like bail on my church was I had met um, folks from the LGBTQA plus plus community, and I was like, "What have I been missing out on? Having all these wonderful people in my life was just something that I just didn't have in Orange County or in Utah." And I really didn't know any when I was in church, and it wasn't really something that we did, right? Another world. It was another like world, another about, awesome yeah. world of just lovely, fun, amazing people that I was like, okay, there's something wrong here. If this isn't like accepted in what I'm doing, then maybe I shouldn't accept what I'm doing, Ooh. right? Yeah. You know, it yeah. just like it changed me. Mm-hmm. But then it also made me not trust myself because everything that I knew was right and I believed wasn't true anymore. Right. Your your whole belief system My was up, whole belief upended. system upended. And I'm just like, what the hell is happening? I was super, super confused. You mentioned how old you were. I don't want to try to age you now, but roughly when was this? Um, so I'm, well, I'm 90s, 2000s? Yeah, no, this was in the 90s. Okay. I graduated high school in 93. Okay. You know, and then kind of we headed up here at some point there. Um, but... San Francisco still was a little scary for me. It was still scary for me. And so I stayed for a little bit, went to City College, and then me and Leslie decided, okay, let's move to Tahoe and snowboard. You know, oh, yeah. we moved to Tahoe to snowboard. Um, then I moved to Yosemite, and then I moved to Santa Cruz. And then eventually I applied to uh, this art college. What is this? The one I work What's at. What's this thing that... <laughs> took all my money i work there oh you do yes. <laughs> the academy of art yeah i saw that on your like your email signature or something your google or something i was like i wonder what the connection is yeah so you don't but you ended up going mainstream. yeah i was like oh i need to you know i i really felt that like soundtracks of movies like i would just get soundtracks of movies like the mission and i just listen to it and i just feel really emotional all the time listening to soundtracks of these movies and i was like okay i have to go be in that world because this is something that makes me feel. I see a treble clef tattoo on your arm. Are you a mus- musician? Yes. Okay. Well, I was before I had these children. <laughs> of course. So yeah, my, my musician. What do you play? So I was in a all girl. Well, then we had a boy. A girl punk rock band. Called. Called the Departed. Okay. Yeah, so I can give you a little snippet of that, too. You can put in the old. <laughs> sure. And it was super fun. And Was that up here? Or? It was in San Francisco. And again, with the flip in San Francisco, I went through so many things that I discovered, like being a skater, a snowboarder, then getting into being a punk rocker, because then I was, because since I had left my church and left my religion and left my belief system, I was able to go try to find something else that I accepted or accepted me or that made sense right and punk rock scene just seemed to be more accepting of people that were wild how do we not all know each other is what i'm anyway i got here just a little bit after after Uh. but like same (laughs) same world so what like let's name drop some venues you guys might have played so covered wagon was a really big one that we'd hang out every thursday night we'd go there and the whole crew i think there was like 20 or 30 of us it was awesome that we all just moved together and we'd go there to watch shows and play shows and it was wonderful and where else we always go dancing at the cat club Mm -hmm. you know 80s night 1984 yeah 1984 thursdays i think yeah okay yeah yeah and and then you know i formed the band 
And with the band, I was able to, you know, I was really big into Alkaline Trio then. And again, was like just troubled and dark and my life was a dark room and everything's a dark room and I need to sing about it and I need to write about it. And it was, you know, just funny kind of just in my early 20s, you know, just discovering who I wanted to be and fighting against the life that I was, the way I was brought up. Right. Which, by the way, nobody forced me into the life I was brought up before. I did that all on my own. Okay. I chose to go to church on my own. You know, it wasn't like anyone was forcing me to do these things. I was like, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Maybe you weren't provided many alternatives. No. It sounded like, <laughs> going back to what you were saying. Yeah, so then, so the punk rock scene uh, was a really great house for me and a great outlet for me to be able to express who I was becoming or who I was or mm -hmm. all the emotions that I had, you know, because punk rockers are very emotional people. You know, Absolutely. It was, it was great. Yeah. So how long did, were, um, how long were you doing music? That was, um, I guess, I mean, yeah, mid twenties, early thirties okay. kind of thing. And, and at the same time, yeah, going to the Academy, I was making a lot of music videos for people since I was a cinematographer and director. Then, um, Obviously, that's what I should do. I was like, my friends in One Man Army. I was like, hey, guys, can I make a music video for you? You know, and they were terrific. And I don't know why. They're like the best band ever, so we need to plug them. And I, everyone needs to look them up because they're awesome. One Man Army? One Man Army. Okay. Yes, they're so good. Okay. Um, I was looking for them on Spotify just a couple of days ago, listening to some of their stuff and just remembering the old times. You know, calling my friends. Like, remember when we just go to One Man Army and swing at our shows and, nice. you know, have a great time. So, um yeah, so I was doing that, and then, again, just have to repeat how art history was one of the things, I think, in college that really, really just hit me. I was like, wow, this, this history makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. This is how I can understand history from this other person's point of view. Because mm -hmm. the other history that I was learning in this world, it just didn't really, I was like, what? That, okay, whatever. Um, so then I was putting myself through college by bartending across the street at Steph's here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was this place over here, What 11 Minute Gallery. And I would, you know, they would come over there and drink. I would sneak over here and it was just so much different. It was like dark and loud and music and, and, it, was, uh, and it was neat and all this stuff going on and, and the art shows. It was a big dance, a big techno dance scene then. Right. Um, so this is like early 2000s now, right? Or Yeah. Yeah, oh. early 2000s. And what everyone, I think, you know, people just, you know, don't know about me is like, I maybe was in a punk rock scene at that time, but I am just a huge lover of all music. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love, I love music, you know, it can mm -hmm. be country, it can be techno, it can be hip hop, it can be, I just really enjoy it all. So I kind of, it's hard for me to always say, okay, well, this is my armor. This is what I'm wearing to protect myself and to be, to fit in. Mm -hmm. But I also, kind of want to fit in with all these other things too. Right. <laughs> and Minna, I think, gave me an opportunity to do that because here it wasn't like, oh, it's just a punk rock club or, oh, it's just a techno club. You know, I was able to be like, okay, we can invite anyone down to play right. and I get to enjoy it. I get to enjoy the fruits of my labor because, you know, I get to have it all here. And then, and then the art on the walls, the art on the walls, the art on the walls. That has been something that has has changed my life, and I can't actually imagine now living this second half of my life without it. And I right. and I wonder if living the first half of my life without it was good for me or not. 
so now when I have, you know, like my kids and they live in a different world than I did, you know, right. there's a lot of art, there's a lot of discussion, there's a lot of discussion around art, which I think it makes it easier to discuss topics and, um, and what's going on in the world and political views. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it's really, really important. And it has also made just my experience here at 111 Minute Gallery just, I mean, I, I don't want to brag or sound boastful, but like I feel so spoiled. I feel so mm. lucky. I feel so right. blessed. I feel just like right. it's this place has given me so much. And I look forward to any time I'm here. So if I'm not mistaken, you got a job bartending here first? Or yeah. Let's do that quickly, and yeah. then we'll go over to Yeah, him. yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I was bartending across the street, and luckily the bar, uh, bar manager here, Bethia, you know, she thought I was she thought I was pretty great and so she was like, Hey, you gotta come over, you know, come work at Minna. And um and to be honest, it was nice to come in here and just be able to like dance to music and party and have fun and take shots and serve drinks and you know, and again it was very different because across the street it was kinda like more like you're talking to the locals and a bar know. bar. It's like a bar bar. And right? a little bit like a worker bar. Exactly. For this area. Yeah, the electricians, yeah. you know. So it was cool to know everyone in the neighborhood and to know me and like, you know, and talk, talk, talk and stuff. But it was also neat to be in a whole different scene. Nice. And when when would that have been that you started here? I think around two thousand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Twenty ish years ago. Yeah. Let's switch to Alex then. Um okay, so you're from here. I am from here. I, I don't use that word that starts with you. I've been told not to. And I agree with that. It's like, it's just fucking normal. Why would, you know? I mean, it's one of those things where everyone says like, oh, I've, I've never met anyone like that. I'm like, yeah. I know so many people like that. It's crazy. Yes. Um, Let's yeah. hear that story. So none of my immediate family is from here. Okay. Um, my parents both grew up on the East Coast um, around New York. They moved to Texas at some point. Where in Texas? Uh, Dallas. I'm from Fort Worth. Oh, there you go. Yeah. My brother was born in Dallas. So I like your parents fucking leave that place yeah no it was awful <laughs> yes, that's why they left they like they were like we're done with the east coast so they moved to texas yes and then like they were there for a little bit my mom is a lawyer and she was the only female partner in her law firm and she was like i am done with these people yes so they moved to california okay. where they knew basically no one uh they moved straight to san francisco yeah, or straight to, oh, san francisco. to the city oh yeah to the city uh in 86 i want to say do you know if it was a job your mom's job or um i think my dad got a job here okay he was working for american airlines in texas and then got a job with some other group out here okay and uh and my mom was basically like i'll get a job wherever we go because i'm awesome so okay they moved out here they got jobs and they ended up starting their own company actually shortly after that but um so yeah so i was born here what part of the city uh so i grew up mostly in pack heights okay um with a very different very different reality from michelle Right. Um, so I was brought up Jewish, um, but in the very reformed version mm-hmm. where like they're kind of cool with everything. And, right. and I abandoned that pretty quickly because yeah. I was like, nah, this isn't for me. I also went to a Catholic school. So that was also being a Jew at a Catholic school is not a good time. Just bouncing back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot of ideology that clashes and yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mostly grew, I grew up in the city. I went to Stewart Hall for K through eight. Then I went to the urban school in the in not the mission in the hate for mm-hmm. high school. Okay, um, and went east for college um, outside of Boston, and found my way back. What was it like to leave? It was great. Okay. I needed a break. Okay, um, not necessarily from the city, but I kind of wanted to experience something else. 
Right. So I, luckily, my family is very big on travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get a lot of crap for this, but like I've never been to Disneyland because that's just not what my parents wanted to do. Okay. So when we went on trips, we went to Europe. We went to South America. We we went to culturally significant places. You didn't go to Epcot. You went to the places that are in yes. Epcot. Okay, yes. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, so in that way, I, can dig I, was, that. I was a wee bit spoiled in that respect. Yeah. Because um, that was my parents basically like, if they had any money, they were like, we're going to take you guys somewhere. Fucking so awesome. I spent, and my parents are very big in terms of art collectors. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very much into impressionists. Mm-hmm. And so I had art around me growing up. Okay. Um, I don't think I appreciated it as much because um, I was a kid and I was rebelling against my parents and I yeah. was like, screw this fantastic art. It's right. not for me. Right. Uh, what kind of stuff were you into? I was, and still am, I'm a very big gamer. Okay. Um, and reader. So uh, at the time when I was a kid, I was very into writing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was blending all those things together. I was making games. I was writing. Writing like fiction or? Fiction. Okay. Um, sci-fi, fantasy. Um, and that's what I thought I was going to do when I grew up. Did you go to school for that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I went to a small liberal arts college on the East Coast that had a, I was told, a very good creative writing program <laughs> by a person who told me about it. Was it the same person who was like, and now just sign your check over? <laughs> not not quite the same, but she was an alum and she was like, yeah. Yeah, the program I've heard is great. I was like, sure, totally going to be that way. It was not. It was, it was a very small program. I had lots of issues with it. Yeah. Kind of killed my love of writing. Yeah. Um, but at least you got to, you said you enjoyed being away so yeah no uh it was a great time yeah um i met some fantastic people and generally enjoyed my time there cool um it was just it was nice to be doing something different plus my brother had gone to school in boston Mm. and he was staying out there for a couple years after college so when i was in college he was graduated and up 45 minutes away so i still i got that's where our relationship basically got formed Mm -hmm. because he's a bit older than i am so like we didn't really interact when i was growing up right um, as a kid here, before you left to go out there, did you like spend much time in the mountains or? Yeah. So my family is really big into skiing. So winter was not a brand new thing no. for you. No, no, okay. no. I spent a lot of time in the snow. Okay. Got so it. like I was definitely that Californian that everyone was surprised at. I was like in flip flops and a t-shirt out in the snow right. being like, this is fine. Yeah. I'm used to this. I mean, it is, it is different there. Oh yeah. It's it, not, it's not mountains. No, it's but... flat and cold and icy. Yeah, and, and those fucking storms. Yeah. Are, yeah, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely had some issues with my car out there for a while. Right. I was like, oh, it can, I have to actually dig this thing out now. This is great. Oh, and sh- uh, what is it? Snow shoveling? Did you do it? Yeah. Okay. Um, you came back, though. I did. So why? What brought you back? So it was a couple things. One, I graduated from college in 2009, mm-hmm. which was right in the beginning oh. of the last then, economic crisis. Right. Uh, so there were no jobs. Okay. And at least when I was what I was looking to do, especially in and around Boston, because I had a lot of friends there, I was like, maybe I'll stay mm-hmm. and didn't really find anything. Mm-hmm. So I ended up moving back um, and through connections, 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 I ended up in tech. OK, because um, I love games. I was like, that could be a thing. I could mm-hmm. try that. Mm-hmm. So I worked in tech for about 10 years. Game, um, gaming tech mm-hmm. or oh, OK. Yeah. Here, here in the city? or uh, Started down the peninsula mm-hmm. and then migrated back to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in the city for the last four or five years of tech. Um, Did you live in San Francisco Yeah, I lived time? up here the whole time. Okay. So I commuted down the peninsula for a couple of years, and then I got sick of that. And I tried to find a job in the city. Luckily, I had some friends who had were at various companies here, got into their places of work, and did that for a while. 
Um, I actually ended up working in and around Minna. So my last job was next door. Okay. Um, and the job before that was two blocks down. Convenient. And the job before that was two blocks that way. So Very convenient. So I, I was always around Minna, and I was coming through for cocktails or coffee or just like a place to hang out for a minute while I was waiting to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of interesting that my world was kind of like slowly orbiting and like coming in for a collision course. Like those things at the museum? Like yeah, the, the ball. like the drain. You're just like yeah, watching exactly. it yeah. slowly wind down. Before we get you actually here, um, so that time coming back from Boston and having all the different jobs, um, what like what part? Where, where did you live? What kind of things did you do when you weren't working? Sure. Um, you know, going out restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Venues, so whatever. I lived. I was first in Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Then I was in the uh, outer Richmond, or uh, sorry, outer Sunset, mm-hmm. and then found my way to the inner Richmond, which is where I live now. Spent a lot of time in and around all over the city. Um, I didn't get around the city as much when I was a kid for a number of reasons. The city was just different. Back yeah. Then. yeah, yeah. Um, and I've definitely explored a lot more of it now, now that I have friends that live all over the city. Um, but going out to eat, going to shows and things is very, something I really enjoy. So mm-hmm. I've done a lot of that over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, food is a very big part of my family, food and drink. Mm-hmm. So doing a lot of that. Luckily, I have a lot of friends that enjoy that too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, definitely very into the restaurant scene. Uh, What's def- left of it? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And some will hopefully survive, you know, right. a quarter of them, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been really depressing. But yeah. like the place that I grew up going to for dim sum just closed. Uh, Tonkiang. Yeah. I literally, I remember going there as like a two or three year old and like taking the checkup and running the like, um, oh, the press across the, the master card. charge. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I, that used to be one of the things That's that I did there. Fun. Fuck. Um, but yeah, I, I literally, my, some of my first memories in San Francisco were going to Tonkiang. Actually, their spot out on their other spot that they had closer to Masonic on okay. Geary. Okay. Um, and then that one closed. And then going to the one out on Geary and 23rd. Right. And then. Rip Tonkiang. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's. Then I guess let's talk about. How we how, got here? How you got in. Sure. Here. So it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. I ended up. I quit tech in end of 2017 okay i kind of got sick of the culture and the community inside the companies i was at do you want to talk about that culture you don't have to basically i can give the the tldr uh i didn't think that the people running the companies respected the people they employed and also weren't enforcing the rules that were important to keep people safe okay so i very much was one of those people that if i saw something that i thought was that should change i was very vocal about mm-hmm. in these companies mm-hmm. and the executives did not like that so much and I watched a lot of things happen that shouldn't have and right. a lot of people get promoted or fired who shouldn't have right. and finally it just I was very unhappy and I I knew that it wasn't my job to necessarily have to worry about those things but I couldn't separate my experience at work from the reality of what everyone else was experiencing there Right. So sounds like a good thing to leave. Yeah, it, yeah, it's actually been a really nice change of pace. Okay, so that was the end of 2017. Yeah. You said okay, and then beginning of 2018, um, I got introduced to Michelle, mm-hmm. uh, who I didn't know much about at the time because mm-hmm. I mean I'd been to Minna, but I hadn't like met any of the people here mm-hmm. um, other than the coffee guys, 
and um michelle was very much just one of those people who was like oh you want to help and i was like sure and she was like here's all this stuff help me and i was like okay i can i don't know much about this but i can learn right uh so i just started in 2018 helping with the financials helping with the bar helping with basically anything that michelle was like hey i need this like can you help and i was like sure so i spent five or six months in 2018 just helping out just trying to solve a lot of the functional problems here at Mena Mm -hmm. and uh or difficulties I should say Mm -hmm. and then through a series of situations I was at the time trying to convince Michelle to buy out Iming who is the the original founder of Mena okay and that kind of wasn't happening. And then through a conversation with my dad, actually, because I'd been doing this for six months, he was like, well, why don't you do it? And I was like, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> I was like, like, what do you mean? You want me to in- own a bar? An art gallery? What? There's a backstory that my brother tried to open up a bar right after college. My parents told him it was the worst idea he could possibly do. So like, historically in my brain, I was like, owning a bar is a terrible idea. And, Have you uh, talked to your therapist about any of this? No, oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Rehashed. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, it was, it's like it's sometimes stuff is so obvious that you miss it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And yeah. I'm, I tend to be more risk averse than more some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would never have crossed my mind to be like, oh, yeah, I should totally invest in this business mm-hmm. and make it my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other thing is I didn't realize what I was signing up for when I did it. Because it took us... I think because Michelle was about to, she was flying out to Ireland uh, to hang out with her husband's family. And I kind of just dropped it on her. I was like, well, what if I do this? That was Alex Kivelstadt and Michelle Delaney. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, Alex and Michelle will tell the story of buying the cafe slash bar slash art gallery. And they'll talk about what they've been doing since Shelter in Place was enacted in March. Please join us for part two this Thursday. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me. Michelle and I have produced more than 120 episodes over the last three years. And you can find them all over at our website, storiedsf.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as just about everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Please subscribe to stay up to date on all the content we publish. And if you have any feedback for us, or you just want to say hi, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay safe, and stay healthy. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.